Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody. We're so glad we're doing this episode. I think you're going to love it. It is on marriage, but also valuable for you single moms out there. Yeah, we're going to be talking about decision-making in yeah. some regards. Yeah, it's really why positive disruptions help your marriage. Interesting title, huh, honey? Yeah, and I, it's interesting. So we're talking about, obviously, we're talking about marriage. This is going to be a great podcast. Yeah. Um, but you did mention that this will be beneficial to single moms. And I think that the reason why is because this concept is beneficial to any individual, actually. Yeah. So this is a conversation that parents even should have with their kids yeah. to teach their kids how to be good decision makers in the future as they grow up, right? Because Absolutely. otherwise their kids might make decisions based upon all kinds of things. Like yeah fear and all kinds of stuff. But Sometimes we don't even moment. realize how the world is infiltrating how we make decisions, mm-hmm. even small decisions, big decisions. And it's so important to recalibrate from time to time. And if you are resistant or one of you is resistant to change, you probably stay the course maybe too long in some of your decisions you made in the past. Mm-hmm. And with so much That's rapid good. change today and things going on, we yeah. need to look at things and we need to make changes when they're needed. But we have four powerful points for you here mm-hmm. and we're super, super excited about it. But uh, first of all, hey, you guys know, one million legacies is what we're passionate about. What's that about, Angie? You guys, we couldn't even have a goal like this or a vision like this if it wasn't for God laying on our hearts, but also bringing the masses with us. This isn't about what we're doing. This is about um, encouraging other parents who are running the race together to, to keep keeping on yeah to run the race with endurance and to encourage one another to inspire one another to and challenge one another. Because is it true that parenting is a long game? We say that all the time, right? Yeah. But it's easy to lose heart, to get distracted, to become uh, visionless, tired, exhausted, all of these things. Raise your hand. I mean, I don't even, give me a fist bump if that even resonates with you, right? Like every parent has thought one of those things at some point or another, maybe every day. So that's why we need each other. We do. We, we do. And every time you share on social media, we know you're raising your hand and you're saying, hey, I yeah. want to contribute to this One Million Legacy movement, mm. impacting One Million Legacies. When you do five stars on iTunes or leave us a written review on iTunes or anywhere else, that's huge. And we really, really appreciate it. You can find all the show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. Anything we mention, we make sure it's in there. Uh, props to Austin Tolpin. Our media guy, our mm-hmm. son, who's yes. incredible, does the audio, the video, the so blog, the, some of the social yeah. help behind the scenes, and uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. He does do a lot. But you guys, you know, we are all in, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. We are all in for many reasons. You've heard us share about what those reasons are in the past. I'm not going to dive into that right now. But it's really because of you and because we want to be obedient to God, um, obviously. But- 
we have been where you are as parents. Yeah. We've been married almost 21 years. Yeah. Eight kids. Eight kids. Ages uh, almost two to 20. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. (laughs) Um, We have a few babies in heaven waiting for us there. Um, So we've lived life. We've been tested. We've walked the the line, if you will, of trying to um, raise kids for a while. Yeah. And... um, you guys, we know all of the emotions, the feelings, the um, the lies potentially that the enemy tries to tempt us with, the distractions, the way the culture tries to um, impact us, Yeah. right? How the enemy works. And we want to empower you and encourage you because we don't want life to just happen to you, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah. Instead, we have to make concise decisions. And are you making those decisions walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit? It's a good question. And it's so important that we walk in the light, right? So in uh, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord is counterintuitive to this world, meaning what we intuitively think about in the if we're walking in the flesh. You can be a Christian, by the way, and walking in the flesh. Mm-hmm. You can have the Holy Spirit, but not be relying on the Spirit, but instead you're relying on your own own decision making and you know you're in the flesh for sure if you're experiencing fear Mm -hmm. worry dread totally all these things well and if you're in unrepentant sin i I have to go there because you're not walking in the spirit if you're walking in unrepentant sin that's why it says so if you live by the spirit then walk by the spirit right those are two different things but also in the same passage of scripture in verse eight it says for you were once in darkness but now you are light in the lord walk as children of the light for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness righteousness and truth finding out what is acceptable to the lord so that means there's there there are things that are acceptable to the lord and there are things that are not acceptable to the Lord. There is yeah. the Lord's will and there is man's will. And so that's our first point is, are you driven by God or are you driven by circumstance? Yeah. Do circumstances happen? Totally. Constantly, we're being pushed, whether we realize it or not. Sometimes it's subconsciously. We don't even realize it, but we're being swayed, whether it's peer pressure by friends, people we know, mm-hmm. um, how we want to look, fear of people, whether it's challenges that happen, whether it's uh, closed doors, open doors. Well, and you know, it's interesting. So we're reading, we were reading here in Ephesians five, mm-hmm. right? And the very next verse it says, "And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them." What's interesting though is that circumstances. If you're fear based and you're fearful of people, or you're a people pleaser, and you allow other people to influence your decisions, yeah, you might wind up having fellowship. With unfruitful works of darkness. And this which can, is what God says not to do. And this creates constant marriage strife if you're driven by circumstances. Right. Because inevitably one of you might be more driven by God and the other driven by circumstance. You're gonna have major disagreement. Mm-hmm. Even if you're both driven by circumstance, if you don't have the Holy Spirit driving you, you're going to have a well, challenge. There's gonna be a yeah. lack of alignment in your decision making. There is. And you guys, we've shared this um image, I mean, that this thought concept i don't even know where we learned this or if it just came 
to us at one point. But if one person in the marriage is seeking hard after God, right? Mm -hmm. Like say they're distant, right? One person seeking hard after God, the other person in the marriage is seeking hard after God. They're going to meet at God, right? So Mm -hmm. it kind of creates like a triangle, right? And that's what we want. So ultimately the first step in making decisions that are driven by God is that you're actually seeking hard after God. Yeah. And another thing that prevents good decision-making in is ego. Sometimes we don't want to shift gears because of how it'll make us look or we lose positionality or we lose favor favor, from people who are maybe ungodly and are expecting things of us, like thinking about uh, climbing the ladder for a guy, right? Like being tempted into things that Ambition sacrifices the most important mission. Right. And that's a little bit different, right? Like uh, um, the temptation to take on more work for mm-hmm. more pay or for favor, you know, as far as promotions go yeah. or just accolades, right? Because maybe you just really like getting accolades and you don't get them from your wife or at home or from your husband, you know? Yeah. And so you you really are addicted to work because that's where everybody praises you, right? right? And so that, again, is what you're talking about here. Are you driven yeah. by your ego? And and choosing not to spend time with your family or your husband because you're choosing to spend time elsewhere where it puffs you up. And you know what? The enemy has a long game. He knows if he can get you swayed a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit off, over time, Mm -hmm. you will miss the mark. And maybe um, you end up still going to heaven, but maybe your kids fall away. Can I just say something that just came to me? You know, here we are talking about making decisions yeah. based upon circumstances or or God, right? Yeah. Like, do you, or ego, right? Because ego is different than circumstances, mm-hmm. but can sometimes they can go together. Yeah. If you're making decisions that are righteous and good and godly, most likely you're not going to get accolades. You're you're going to get the opposite. You're going to get persecution. You're going to get condemned by the people. World. Get confused. Why did you stop doing that? Right. You made so much money. Or why did you do right. this? It doesn't necessarily... Sometimes what God calls you to do is so incredibly countercultural that it seems baffling to people. Or or it's just so righteous, for example, in the sense that then they get convicted and they condemn people or persecute them, right? And so that can be hard for people to stay the course of, in obedience to God, right? Like choosing a path in obedience to God, mm-hmm. because the circumstances are now that if they do that, they're going to get um, ridiculed, potentially um, disowned by family or fired, right? I mean, how many people potentially are putting their jobs on the line if they're speaking truth for God and obedience? Mm -hmm. Um, There are just so many different circumstances, right? And this is a big deal because if we want our kids to stand strong, what are we doing here with Courageous Parenting? I know that you're probably like, whoa, this is an intense topic. What are you guys talking about? Mm -hmm. But this completely impacts your parenting. And let me just tell you why. The key phrase of Courageous Parenting is raising Confident Christian kids for an uncertain world. Confident Christian kids, what are confident Christian people going to do? They're They're going to stand stand for truth. For truth and stand against the pressures of the world. That's right. So we need to exemplify that in our decision making. And oftentimes we get in a rhythm and we just continue in that rhythm. And even when there's things pressing against us and it would it would ideally be good to make a little different decision or veer a little bit this way. We get so comfortable in our path 
that we don't make those changes early enough and later there's consequences, whatever that is. Yeah. And so are you becoming more like the culture or are you becoming less like the culture? That's a good sign. Right. So if your decisions um, are towards fruitfulness, godly fruitfulness. There's a difference though, right? Because there's not worldly fruitfulness popular, and godly usually. fruitfulness. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be able to de- to separate the two. Yeah. Recognizing that, for example, prosperity and success, if you get prosperity and success from awesome. God, that is, praise God, it's from him. Because he's the giver of all good things, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that you are walking in the way. You have to be able to separate those as different things and go, what is God calling me to, right? Yeah. Because sometimes he actually calls you to sacrifice those things. He's done it all throughout scripture. Hey, buddy, quit your job and follow me. Yeah. Didn't he do that to all the 12 disciples? And if you're listening and you're successful, uh, you can totally be successful and walking strong with God totally. and not sacrificing your family. Happens all the time. Hey, I can actually it's awesome. attest that... I mean, for most of our marriage, you you did do that. There was yeah. a season where we went through some hardship, right? Where yeah, we were building mostly my bad decision making. But it was also partially um, circumstances. Yeah, it was. There was some circumstances. You know I mean, like you had a vision, and your vision and your intentions were actually good-hearted. Good. Yeah. Um, to help, to help other people, yeah. actually, other big authors, impact in the world to have big impact, and it wasn't about you having bigger impact. Mm-hmm. You were actually helping thought leaders have bigger impact yeah. actually, yeah. right? And so there was this selflessness in it, but because it was your business, then there was this attachment of ego, right? Yeah. And God had to break that in you, right? Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, we all know what the Bible says about pride. And so if we're talking about ego and making decisions that help puff up your ego, I would just give you a little biblical warning here. God opposes the proud. And he do will you want wipe him opposing it out. you? Yeah, he loves you so much that he will exactly. get you on your knees one way or another. Say, he oh, look at that. So That's so cool. Anyways. So first Peter, uh, let's see here. Five, five eight. eight says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, mm. the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So uh, we have to be st- steadfast. There is an enemy that is out to get you. And if you're not recalibrating, if you're not walking in the spirit and paying attention, then you are on a rhythm or a path that may be less, not as good as it could be. Yeah. You know what you just said? This God is so good. So Isaac, you picked out this scripture for this portion, right? Yeah. Because of what you just shared. But the very first two words say, be sober. Right, which is oftentimes used as sober-minded, right? Yeah. Like in having right thinking of yourself. And the reason why he's saying be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, yeah. right? And so what this totally plays in with the ego, we have to be sober, right? We have to have right thinking of ourselves. We have to be introspective. We have to be willing to separate and go, okay, why is it that I like this? Yeah. Is it because of my ego? Because that's not a good thing. Right. Right. And we have to see, you guys, I just mentioned why this is so important to your parenting. Isaac mentioned that it's because we have to be the example for our kids if we want them to be walking in the spirit, walking fruitful lives. But how do you do that? How do you model it? Right. You, yes, you live it, but you don't just live it and hope that they see what you're living. Because what if your whole 
introspection is just in your mind and you never say anything to your kids. You never share with them your thought process of, yeah, I was thinking about what the word says about being sober-minded and how, and and I was thinking about what the word says regarding decision-making and seeking wise counsel. And kids, I was thinking about what the word, Mm -hmm. do you see that the whole point here is that you have this huge opportunity in your introspective thinking to then share the journey with your kids humbly it takes humility Mm -hmm. right to say guys i've been struggling with my ego and that's why i haven't been around as much i've been really addicted to work because i I like that a lot and i love you guys but i'm realizing i've made an idol out of this there's nothing wrong with providing in fact we're commanded to provide for our family so that's not what we're saying no 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 no. Uh, good provision and there's also seasons of hustle there's short seasons where you can but accomplish what something. I'm referring to is more like workaholic. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Which would definitely be a sin. Mm-hmm. Just like being an alcoholic. Or escapism be, right? to try and, you know. Um, right. Get, not dealing with things get away and escaping from our marriage. Away, which sometimes that's actually why, right? Yeah. So, wives, like if your husbands aren't around, it might be a good thing to think about. Just it's sobering. Uh, it there's is. that word again sobering to ask yourselves. Why? Okay, have we decided as a family we're going to hustle for the next like six months to a year? Yeah. Or or is he? Has this been the trend for fifteen years of marriage? And have I ever asked him why? So the right. next point: be proactive with change. We're going to talk about practical what mm-hmm. to do, how to do this. But first, let's hear real quick from people that have gone through the parenting mentor program. A couple new things on that is now there's payment plans which is Whoa. cool, no interest. Yeah. And now small groups can sign up and everybody gets a better deal. So that's uh, CourageousParenting.com, but let's uh, hear what they have to say. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Okay, point two, like I said, be proactive with change. So change people don't deal with very well in in a general sense. You might be fighting Mm -hmm. me right now and going, I'm good at change. Okay, well, you're an oddball and I (laughs) like you. Are you talking to me? (laughs) I like you, Uh, I like everybody, but. You know, but sometimes even those who embrace change, like I would say, I love change, but there are Mm -hmm. sometimes I don't like some change. There's some change I don't like sometimes. Oh, and there's some change that none of us like, right? Yeah. So we have to be proactive with change. So the best thing is to have wisdom so you can make changes proactively versus being forced to make them reactively when it's already caused Mm -hmm. damage. So important, right? Yeah. So important. And so... 
uh, are you walking in strength or in the spirit? Galatians 5 talks about this. So Galatians 5.25 says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. This was the verse that I referred to earlier. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So let us not become conceited. Huh. There. We're talking about ego again, right? Yeah. Provoking one another or envying one another. Sometimes... The circumstances or the decisions that we make are actually because we're stuck in the comparison trap also. That would be yeah. another sign, right? Like if we're envying what other people have and so we're so driven because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's just not biblical. We have to be really careful for that trap. Yeah. And so here's the thing, um, guys. I mean, the Bible says you're the leaders of the home. That's not my decision. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, and we want to be biblical, right? If we say we hold the Bible up and we say, I believe in this as the infallible Mm -hmm. word of God, but then we go, no, I don't believe in roles in the home and that, you know, husbands and wives have different roles. Okay. You are just now telling your kids that you believe in almost all of the Bible and I'm deciding which part I believe in. And that gives them permission to do the same thing. And I'm so smart. You should just trust me that I know which parts are real and which parts are not real. And so now I can expect to launch unconfident kids that don't believe in God. Or or kids that say they believe in God, but then they're codependent upon the parents to always be answering their questions because they don't trust themselves to be able to read the Bible and determine which part's now, right and which th- part's this not. This isn't an episode about biblical roles. We'll probably will do that at some point. Yeah. Um, but good leadership is never lording over, overly mm-hmm. controlling or anything Amen. like that. Yeah. It's working as a team. And it doesn't mean that the husband is better or more valuable. Not at all. Equal in value, but different roles. So point, I just had to touch on that yeah, real quick. I mean, that's a good point, though, because that aspect of do you believe that this is the inerrant, authoritative, sufficient word of God? Yeah. That it was with God in the beginning, right? Or do you actually not really look at the Bible from that perspective? Because that will drastically change if you're even launching confident Christian kids into the world, right? Because you can't teach from something that you're struggling with. So uh, as far as the marriage goes, it is so much better when you're proactive. You're in wisdom, analyzing things, not just going with the flow, not just in Mm -hmm. the rat race of the flow that you've been in, but you're thinking and you're praying. You're asking other people to pray. You're talking as a married couple on a date night Mm -hmm. and you're initiating as husbands. Mm -hmm. And wives can initiate too uh, about if they see something wrong, absolutely should. For sure. And we talk about these things and then you're proactively mm-hmm. creating a change together versus you're just going along with the flow. The enemy wipes you out a little bit or it has could have nothing to do with the enemy, just bad decision making or sin. And this thing happens and it could have been avoided if you were thinking like we're t- teaching you and talking about right now. Yeah. And we have experienced both, obviously, um, but we've really learned to try and be way more proactive and make decisions ahead of time. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to people, but then later we're mm-hmm. like, wow, God, thank you. You had us make that decision and we mm-hmm. see now why, and yeah. it is a way better outcome. So if you operate like you're in control, you make decisions based only on what's possible in your strength. Did you hear that? Say that again. So if you operate like you are in control, be honest with yourself, you make decisions based only on what's possible in your strength. So what are some examples of that? So let's say it's a career change. Uh, You're thinking about that. Okay. 
uh, or how God, how how provision comes in or money comes in or things right, like, like that. Or, or oh, there's no way. A lot of times people go, I feel like I'm supposed, supposed to go to do, do this, this over here, but there's no way to do it because we have bills and we have these things. And I understand reality, but are you operating in, if God really wants you to do this over here, are you operating in your own strength and making a decision just on that? Then you're just going to stay in maybe the wrong direction. But if you're instead operating in faith, mm-hmm. you might actually decide to do something different, not exactly knowing how it's all going to pan out, pan out, but, but trusting God, but trusting God because you feel strongly yeah. he's calling you to do it and you you're more likely to do that. In fact, you won't do that if you're operating your own strength. Now, you guys, you might be listening and going, I do this and feeling kind of down. And can I just say we have totally been there? Yeah. In fact, humanity, I've stayed in things way too long. I've persevered too long. I've stayed too long. We've taken on extra things that have distracted us from the main goal. Because of going, oh, well, maybe that, and we've justified it, right? Like, oh, maybe that is God's blessing. And it could have been, actually, for a season. But it really took so much time that we weren't able to complete the things that we knew God was calling us to do, right? Because then all of a sudden, your time's divided, right? And sometimes things just change. Like, we recently made a major shift uh, in something, and Mm -hmm. I think that we were supposed to do it really focused and diligently for a while. And now we're supposed to shift just a little bit in how we approach that thing. Yeah. And so, and that's freed up more time to what God has called us to. And he's already been validating that. Yeah. Just today. We literally just made a huge life changing transition decision. And then even days later in prayer, prayerfulness, God provides and shows up. It's really amazing. So be proactive. It's good for your marriage. It shows good leadership. And um, you can actually think more clearly and you can have time to pray. So So can I just say like, you might be going, okay, but what's, what is being proactive mean? Isaac has kind of given you guys some examples of what that looks like, but here is just the run of the mill, bottom of the line. Here are some basics. Instead of just letting life happen to you and you just respond or react, you're going to be proactive by anticipating change a little bit ahead of time. You can't always do that, but sometimes you actually can. And you might be choosing to ignore it because you don't want the change to happen, but guess what? Change is going to happen anyway. And so if you have signs or symptoms of certain changes happening, they could be good change or bad change. Let's say your wife is pregnant. Guess what? Transition is coming. That baby's going to be born. Yeah. So you can either be reactive and struggle through postpartum, struggle through selfishness and life changes, or you can be proactive in preparing your home, your family, your marriage, your community, your job, your lifestyle, yeah. and actually thrive during postpartum, right? So you one, one big thing is to have a meeting and communicate about what Regularly. foreseen changes could be possible and then go down to plan A, plan B, plan C, pray about it together, yeah. ask other people to pray with you, and then give it to the Lord. And sometimes we just almost subconsciously, but we've just gone, oh, this is my lot in life. This is all there is. And hey, you know what? If you have that attitude... It probably there's more for you, yeah. but we should be content in what God has given us mm-hmm. for sure. 
but we should be seeking his will constantly and navigating and leading and discussing and moving. And that goes to point Mm -hmm. three, which is we want to be priority driven. And if you're the leader, you want to be a priority driven leader. I've said this example before, but it's just a really good one. So let's picture a speedboat and there's shore on both sides. There's not a lot of water, but enough to go skiing. And you have your family and let's say you you wouldn't do this, have them all on the back at the same time. But let's maybe say, they're all on two ski biscuits. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're all on ski biscuits yeah. or something, but they're all behind you. You're towing them and they're having a blast. And oh, so yeah, super you're fun. like, oh, good leadership happening here, right? But then you there's a there's actually a need to be proactive and adjust course. But you don't. You're like, everybody's having fun. I'm just going to keep going the same direction. All of a sudden, there's uh, a rock. All of a sudden, there's a rock. And so uh, you have to turn too fast. And if you turn too fast, what happens to everybody behind? The boat moves just a little bit, but the skiers and the biscuits swing way out wide. Yeah. And they might hit the rocks. Or and so we need beach. to be yeah. proactive so we can make adjustments as we go. And our family is following us and they're not getting hurt and they're not getting damaged. And so just remember, your decisions, your words, um, and whether you're listening to God or not are huge. You know, in the vineyard, you've heard us say this before, and I'll Mm -hmm. say it quick, but you you have all the fruit on the vine, and you have to cut half the fruit off, so all the energy goes from... um, On the first year, yeah. It goes goes to the remaining fruit Mm -hmm. to be worthy of creating great wine. Otherwise, you just have great-looking fruit that does nothing. Yeah. If you just keep it all in there. Sometimes what fruit do we need to cut off so more energy is going into the right things? And are you priority driven? Okay, what are the priorities that matter? And this can be a really hard thing for people to determine. Like I remember when we had first cultivated the vineyard and that first time that we had to go out and choose which shoot. Yeah. And I'm looking at them. They can look exactly the same. Same size, same healthiness. They have the same amount of buds, right? Or, or when you are dropping fruit, there can be so much and it all looks good. And it's tempting to go, well, if I just keep it, then I'll have more wine or Mm -hmm. I'll have more fruit. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is if you don't cut some of the good, then it's all going to be half quality or bad quality. And it's the same thing with making choices on what kind of things we're taking on in life, right? Like how busy we get, for example. Yeah. And we have to, sometimes you just have to choose to cut even something that's good. We only have so much time is you have to analyze What is the fruitfulness from the time of having? And it's not just monetary. You have to be thinking about spiritual fruitfulness too, right? But you have to analyze that. And what is the cost of that versus this other thing, this other thing, this other thing? Mm -hmm. And pretty soon you have to go, okay, sometimes we build up fruitfulness and then the fruitfulness competes with each other. And so we have to then make a decision to cut. So if we don't recalibrate, we just try and do too much. Yeah. And then people get hurt. And then people get hurt. Yeah. And because we can't serve as well as we could before. And then we're not enjoying anything really because we, I mean, all people like to give their best, right? So if you're not able to even just give your best, like if you're giving your best and it's not working out, that's one thing, right? It's like what we tell our kids when they're doing sports. Hey, did you give your best? Mm -hmm. That's all we ask for. Right. Like that's all you should ask of yourselves is to give your best. But if you're not even able to because you're spread so thin, that's really frustrating and discouraging. Yeah. And I think that most of society is actually in that category where they've made themselves so busy. They don't know how to say no. And everything just seems like it's so good that then they look at their marriage and they're like, who are you? I don't know. I haven't actually spent time with you because I've been over here doing all these things. You've been over there doing all those things and our 
we're actually going in separate directions. Yeah. You wind up 20 years down the road, married, going, who are you? Yeah. Or or maybe not even having the same mission. And on, on top of it, this actually brings in the biblical roles aspect that you were talking about before, too, where... If a, if a husband and wife are going in two opposite directions, there isn't really a head and there isn't a team atmosphere. You're not really being one, yeah. right? So how do we make priorities? Well, you have to be in the word. If you're making decisions, if you're leading a family, if you're married, you got to be in the word of God and you've got to be praying. Otherwise, how do you hear from God? And you're probably asking me, hey, guys, how do we hear from God more clearly? Well, I just told you, that is it. <laughs> he will prompt you. You can trust mm-hmm. your mind and your decision-making when you're walking in the Spirit because if you're reading the Word and obeying what God says and praying. Because the Word, we actually read this in church today, right? Mm-hmm. Aaron was preaching in Second Peter, mm-hmm. and he read a passage of Scripture in the, the first two verses of, well, he was going through Did Second a great Peter. job. And um, he shared that, when you are walking in the spirit, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance mm-hmm. God's word. Mm-hmm. You can't remember something if you haven't read it, though. Yeah. Okay, so that that's very important. You are not going to be able to recall or remember something you have never read, something you have never learned. So you absolutely, the first step is being in the word, reading it, so that when the time comes... You can remember it, Lord willing, and you it's all the Lord. Otherwise, you can't be proactive because you don't know what the Word says. You can't. Right. You don't remember, and you're not forming decisions that are biblical based on, and based on in situational things what God wants you to do. Yeah. So, um, so priority driven. So, first priority is your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Second priority is your marriage. Third priority is your kids. Everything else is not as important as those things. Right. And if Wait you're out second, of whack with saying, those things. Are you are you saying that even ministry is not as important? No way. In fact, that is a, a disaster. It you is, lose yeah. all your qualifications for ministry by putting ministry first and then sacrificing your family. And later, you're and nothing's not realizing, fruitful. I mean, the reality is kind of a paradox because what you just said is totally true regarding other ministries, but most people don't realize that their first ministry, ministry, yeah, yeah first relationship Amen. that's important in priorities is God, but first ministry, you don't have a ministry to God. So your first ministry is your marriage. Your second ministry is your family, your kids, right? Yeah. And then beyond that is anything else because we're mission-minded, right? So yeah. Everything we do should be about the Lord, not about us, because we're here for the Great Commission. We're here to know God and make Him known. That's the chief purpose of man, right? Yeah. And and guys, this all stems from loving Him. Like, yeah. why would somebody want to know God if they didn't love Him? Why would someone want to make God known if they didn't love Him? It all stems from loving God. So if you really know what love is and what loving God is, you'll want to be thinking 30, 40, 50 years down the road and go, oh, I I actually want to be qualified to be obe- obedient to God. Mm-hmm. I can't be a Titus 2 man or woman if I'm not living what it tells Amen. me that I need to be teaching the younger women. So therefore, I need to focus and do this ministry well right now in the season that God has given me so that I can be obedient in 10, 20 years from now. Yeah. Most people don't think like that. They're just in the now and they, their intentions are right because they love Jesus. And hey, we live at... Uh in an amazing world and there's opportunity and you could easily be fruitful while sacrificing your family in some ways and be looking at it go 
but I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm so fruitful. Well, actually, we live in a great time where you can be fruitful. Without even deserving it or, I mean, really. You can be. Yeah, yeah you probably deserve it. But you, well, what are you, are you sacrificing maybe what's most important? And if you're not, hey, give yourself a pat on the back. But if you are a little bit and for too long, uh, you might want to analyze that because there's something that I would call reckless ambition. Uh, which is when your priorities get out of whack yeah. and you make decisions without the right priorities. Yeah. I don't know. You just said something. You can give yourself a pat on the back. I don't think you actually meant that because we were talking about ego earlier, right? <laughs> and I, I think that there's oh. an element of just going, you know what, praise the Lord, and we should be patting each Amen. other on the back. Amen. Actually, and that's something that's huge in here, which is community, like we need to be able. Which is the fourth point, power of team. Right. And so we actually need people in our life to be able to seek counsel from. Amen. And people who, we were, we were talking about in the last podcast about the importance of people weeping with those who weep. But the rest of that verse in Romans twelve fifteen says, rejoice with those who rejoice. And we need each other so that when we do something, our brother or sister pats us on the back. Yeah. Right? Because we need that encouragement to keep on keeping on. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Amen. This passage of scripture is used all the time, but how many people actually are going to the Lord? Are you going to the Lord and saying, Lord, you direct my path? Or... You know, and when he does start to to show you a way, are you being obedient to actually surrender your path fully to him, trusting that that he is going to care for you, provide for you, or are you worried, consumed, anxious about tomorrow? Because we know what the Bible says about being worried about tomorrow. Yeah, it has enough worry of its own. Now, I have a promise from God for you. Are you ready to hear the promise God has for you? He has many promises in the Bible, but this is a very, very important promise he has specifically for you. You ready? <laughs> it's in James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, here's the warning. Most people ask wrong. You do not want to ask wrong. So do you ask wrong? Well, here you'll find out. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. We don't want to be unstable. And we definitely don't want our kids to see us being unstable or experiencing us being unstable. Yeah. Not if we want them to be launching confident Christian kids. Like if you're claiming to be a Christian and then you're not praying in faith, you're not seeking God in faith, and then you're living... Just like how Isaac described, are your kids going to be attracted towards living in faith? No. No. So point four is the power of team. And first of all, the most powerful, I believe the most powerful team in the world is the marriage team. It's true. Because it's having such a deep impact. Imagine if every marriage was operating how God wants them to, and they were dedicated to the Lord, and they're focused on the mm. priorities correctly. And if they so applied amazing. this scripture that we're about to read in their marriage. Yeah. Okay. Because you guys, listen, a lot of people don't use this as a marriage verse. This is often used as a friendship verse and people actually I, misunderstand it. I like it. it as a marriage verse. But it's a good marriage verse. This is going to challenge your marriage. It's in Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Oh, are you my friend? Yeah. 
you're my friend. Mm -hmm. So I know that you sharpen me, but I would hope that there are times when I sharpen you. You sharpen me. Yes. Very much. (laughs) I hope that you can say that your (laughs) spouse sharpens you. Yes. Because if you are not allowing your spouse to speak truth into your life, then Game they over. are probably not sharpening you and you are missing out on a huge portion of marriage yeah. called the friendship. The friendship, the one who, the part that exhorts, encourages, comforts, challenges to grow, spurs one another on, yeah. holds one another accountable, calls one another out in sin. And some of you, things. and some of you are like, I want that, but I don't really get it. And if you're at a loss, the number one tip I have for you, first of all, is to pray and pray every day, all day, while you're doing everything else, keep praying and never stop praying because your marriage is worth fighting for if you're having some challenges. A lot of times we get caught in these grooves, we run our own races mm-hmm. and pretty soon there's secrets and pretty soon there's separation and pretty soon it builds up and then it explodes and there's a lack of trust. And, and then the kids are left in the wreckage and that's devastating. I know you guys don't want that, but you have to... To have a biblical marriage, like Isaac said, that's a whole nother podcast, but to have a biblical marriage, you have to incorporate this aspect of scripture into your marriage. And it actually has to be foundational. So as we went through this, we talked about positive disruptions. They're disrupt they're dis- they're positive things, decisions that disrupt the current path about something. It could be small things and big things. And it takes a proactive effort to make it positive otherwise later you react and make a decision and it's just a disruption okay you know what we have to talk about this for just a few more minutes because a positive disruption regarding as iron sharpens iron within marriage could Mm -hmm. be a spouse going to the other one and saying hey i have something that i want to really challenge you with i've noticed this particular Mm -hmm. i don't know you're being i don't know you can make anything up, right? Mm-hmm. And you go to your spouse and you share this sin that you've noticed or this um, anxiety or something, right? Where you're bringing it up going, hey, I've noticed this. Mm-hmm. That's a disruption to the other person, yeah, isn't it? But they, in that moment, in that moment of disruption, the person that is on the receiving end of that has mm-hmm. an opportunity to choose how they're going to react. Yeah. Are they going to react negatively or positively to the disruption. There you go. And if they react positively to the disruption, then there will be growth, not just in the marriage, mm-hmm. but growth, personal growth in the Lord and in their the way that their life actually is going, because we're talking about decisions here. Yeah, absolutely. And the next part is wise counsel. If you do not have wise counsel, people you're running the race with that can pull you aside and go, hey, I think you might be going in a bad direction then it's hard to have that proactive nature. Sometimes we're blindsided. We can't Mm -hmm. see ourselves. We can't see our own direction and trend. There's always a trend happening. It's either going trending towards something good or trending towards something bad, but it happens so slowly. Sometimes we don't know we're on a bad trend and the enemy's fighting to Mm -hmm. get us to go down that bad trend. And if we don't have brothers and sisters that we've given permission to speak truth in our life and we're walking closely enough in fellowship that we can sharpen each other, then we're likely to go astray. So the marriage is the most important team. And then next you need your wise counselors. 
Yeah, so important. You guys, we didn't grab a bunch of scripture on Wise Counsel because there's a ton of it. And you sh- it's just a very common thing that I think yeah. all Christians are aware of that we need to have that in each other's lives. But if you don't, I want to encourage you that that is the next thing, right? Besides reading the word of God together, mm-hmm. praying and dedicating your decisions to the Lord. But you also need to be praying and seeking out friendships, being proactive, opening up your home, practicing hospitality, and be purposeful in pursuing other wise people to have in your life. And when you do these four points, now you're qualified to teach your kids how to be good decision makers and how to have positive disruptions that are look counterintuitive to the world, but are put them on better paths towards fruitfulness, spiritual fruitfulness, and fruitfulness in this world. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.